This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Astroline. Sports Talk 790 Astroline. Brought to you by Pluckers Wing Bar. If you don't like their wings, they'll give you the bird. Astroline. The official off-season show of Astros Baseball. This is where we talk about your Astros. Join the show. Post your questions and comments on social media. Just be sure to hashtag AstroLine. Sports Talk 790 AstroLine starts now. We welcome you to AstroLine presented by Pluckers Wing Bar. Our second AstroLine of the 2023 season. Todd Callis alongside Steve Sparks. We're going to have a very special guest tonight. A guy who very easily could have won the American League Championship Series MVP had it not been for Jeremy Pena. A guy who easily could have won the World Series MVP had it not been for Jeremy Pena. Ryan Presley. Ryan Presley is our guest tonight on Astroline. Sparky, uh, welcome to the show. It's going to be exciting to talk to Ryan and excited to talk to him a little bit about the World Baseball Classic, which is a little different uh, every four years it comes around. It makes spring training and things a little different. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? Well, we're going to talk to Ryan, and Ryan, I'm sure, is anticipating something that he's never really even felt. You know, when you have your country across your chest, it was something that I'm sure he uh, was engaged with uh, when he watched it a few years ago. And just to represent your country and, and rub shoulders and elbows with a lot of the game's greats, I, I think can only make you better. I mean, even if he's trying to improve, I mean, Ryan Presley was about as good as it gets as as any postseason pitcher I've ever seen of uh, the way he was able to lock things down, not just for three outs every once in a while for five outs, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And I'm curious, you know, a lot of times those votes are taken in the eighth inning, <laughs> top of the ninth. Seriously. Like I, I don't know. That's a great point. I don't know if Ryan wins MVP of one of those series, if they take the votes after the game. And I meant to ask McTaggart and Chandler Rome about this, but when the timing is of those votes, I know in the past, a lot of times they get in before the final out so they can get the presentation set up. And if that's the case, unfortunately, it goes against a a closer uh, and his chances. But Ryan Presley was as important as any player, including Jeremy Pena in the Astros World Series. I will say, I I believe it is the eighth inning because Robert and I uh, in 2018 got some uh, ballots placed in our, our radio booth during the game when the Astros were playing against the Red Sox. And, and that was the year Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, had a couple of grand slams in that series against the Astros and won. But Robert and I voted for that in the eighth inning. So, yeah, the closer could get pissed out of uh, those awards from time to time. I, I never had thought about it, but that's absolutely true. But what an unbelievable job Ryan Presley did. And we start to think, you know, so many things have to go right in, in the postseason, right? And we talked about, I remember in years past, the Astros' defense probably catapulted uh, their team to to high the heights that we hadn't seen before. I think this year, more than anything, it was the freshness of the starting pitching and the freshness of the bullpen that really 
uh, led this team to a nine and two record. Yeah, the season for Ryan, and we'll get into some of these highlights as we go along on Astro Line tonight. The fact that he was able to go six for six in saves, pitching 10 of the 13 postseason games to a zero ERA, big moment after big moment after big moment, part of two no-hitters this year, both started by Christian Javier. And oh, by the way, he set the Astros relievers record and tied Justin Verlander's record by retiring 32 straight. I'm not sure if a reliever can have a much better season and postseason what Ryan Presley did. No, it was very clean, you know, and he had a lot of buddies who were able to pick up the slack when he wasn't able, you know, to maybe close three days in a row or something like that during the course of the season. But of course, it's well documented that the Astros starters went deeper than anybody. The Astros relievers pitched fewer innings than the other, other team in baseball. And uh, Presley going on the IL, you know, with about six weeks left in the season, gets a little 10-day breather uh, before the postseason starts. And, you know, maybe that set things up for him to be so lights out, you know. Uh, but watching him and seeing him evolve, remember, I, I don't know if you remember this, and, and, you know, I don't even know if I want to talk to Ryan about it, but his velocity was down coming out of spring training. You remember that? Yeah. And the first, the first two or three months of the season, he was – three or four miles per hour light from what he usually was. And it just kept creeping up. And by the time we got, you know, to the nitty gritty and when it counted the most, he was at full strength and even added a pitch. Yeah, he was, uh, he wasn't quite a hundred percent at the beginning of the year, had a little right knee issue. And then you mentioned the injury towards the end of the year, uh, but a blessing in a way. And even Justin Verlander missing time late in the season could have been a blessing in a way. Right. So many things went right for this team uh, in 2022. They had very good health. But a couple of those guys getting a little bit of a breather late, and you mentioned that that could have been huge for both those guys in the postseason. I don't think we probably talk about the training staff and the strength trainers and people of that nature as much as we probably should. Because Dusty will talk about you know workloads and when it, there's a yellow flag for a guy that might need a little breather, and they've got these things kind of nailed down, you know, for a lot of these guys, and not to push them too much so that you can keep them healthy on into the postseason because that's what they expect. They expect to, pit, to play for a month longer than anybody else, and uh, they gear toward that. And And I think they do it the right way, but I don't think we talk enough about some of the guys that are behind the scenes getting these guys on the field. Totally agree with you. The training staff, phenomenal. Um, what they did in 2022, the hours they put in, nobody knows how many hours they put in. They, they're out there first thing. They're the first people to the ballpark. They're the last ones to leave. Uh, Jeremiah Randall and his crew deserve a huge ovation for what they did last year. This is Astro Line presented by Pluckers Wing Bar. Follow Pluckers on social and pluckers.com for the nearest location. Download the Pluckers Club mobile app to receive points, invites to special events, and a free meal up to $15 on your birthday. Pluckers Wing Bar, if you don't like their wings, they'll give you the burn. Todd Callis, Steve Sparks, Astro Line on a Thursday night. Ryan Presley is our guest. He'll be with us in just a little while. Back with more after this. Spring training is back in the Palm Beaches this spring. Experience Astros baseball, plus the best beaches, dining, and entertainment after the game. There's nothing better than Astros spring ball in sunny Florida. For tickets and more, visit astros.com spring to book your trip. Plan your visit now to the spring training home of the Houston Astros. The Palm Beaches. Astros Fan Fest returns Saturday, January 21st. Kick off the 2023 season with your favorite Astros, plus enjoy autograph sessions, photo opportunities, 
games, access to the field, and much more. Get ready for an exciting season of Astros baseball and claim your vouchers now at astros.com slash The Cactus Jack HBCU Classic is set to make its debut at Minute Maid Park February 17th through the 19th. Learn more about the Classic and find your tickets for the inaugural tournament today at astros.com slash HBCU Classic. We welcome you back. This is our Astro Line Rewind presented by Pluckers Wing Bar. We're going to look back at some of Ryan Presley's 2022 incredible achievements before we hear from him. Uh, Sparky, none bigger. Overall in the World Series, Ryan Presley increased the Astros' chances of winning the World Series by 32.5%, by far the most of any individual player on the Astros. And no moment was bigger than game five. First and third, one out. Phillies down one, three to two. Ryan Presley comes on to face Brandon Marsh. Ryan Presley enters the game for the Astros, trying to get the final five outs. Presley making his fourth appearance of this World Series, hasn't allowed an earned run in three innings. One hit, one walk three strikeouts eight appearances this postseason four for four and save opportunities and nine for nine in his career and save chances in postseason play he that comes line. in with Stott at third and Segura at second three to two Astros lead it Segura an RBI single to chase home Castellanos and move Stott the tying run to third for Brandon Marsh who struck out against Presley yesterday Marsh has walked been hit by a pitch and struck out tonight Middle infielder's back, first pitch, and Marsh hits it foul and out of play behind home. Loud as the crowd has been all night. That single by Segura knocking out Montero was the first hit allowed by an Astros reliever this postseason that's knocked in a run that wasn't a homer. Mancini holding on the runner at first, 0-1. Hit foul off Marsh's leg, and it's nothing in two. Two great pitches to get ahead. Marsh is 0-7 for 7 with four strikeouts in his career against Presley. Nobody really spins it like Presley. They can really crank that breaking ball. Kyle Schwarber on deck. Strikeout would be huge here. A little pressure on Maldonado to block up a low one here. McCormick has come in in center, and he shaded the other way against the left-handed hitter. Presley, the high set. The 0-2. Swing and a miss. Struck him out on a slider downstairs. Two outs in the eighth. Got him on three pitches. Boy, the key always to getting those big strikeouts and those big moments is getting ahead, and Presley came in flaming. One of the biggest outs we've seen maybe in the last five or six years, and that punch out of Brandon Marsh with runners on first and third kept the Astros at an advantage at that point, and Ryan came up big time. Someone he was very familiar with, and that was followed up by a great play by Trey Mancini, who was only in at first base because Yuli Gurriel got injured earlier in the game. Tying run 90 feet away for the Phillies in Stott. Segura at first represents the go-ahead run. Two outs in the bottom of the eighth. One, two. Runner goes. Pitch is hit hard. Just fair. Snared by Mancini. And he steps on the bag. Inning over. A hot shot that got to Mancini on a bounce. And he snared it moving to his left. He was on the bag by the time he grabbed it. And the Phillies strand a pair. The key to that, I thought, and being a veteran, he knew he couldn't shuffle off the bag too far because it was still no doubles situation. 
So you don't shuffle off the bag too far. Mancini didn't stay pretty close to the bag. That's why he was able to smother that ball. Presley takes his time getting back to the top of the hill, trying to send the Astros back to Houston with a lead in the World Series. Harper, the tying run at first. Castellanos represents the winning run. So now this is an action pitch if there ever was one with Harper going from first base. I consider if you're an outfielder to take one more step back. Alec Bohm on deck. Phillies down to their final strike but it's a full count to Castellanos who represents the winning run at the plate. Outfielders looks like it have they have gotten a little deeper. Presley brings the hands together. The three two to Castellanos. Round ball left side to his right Pena shortstop has it straightens up throws to first in time and that is the ball game. The Houston Astros defeat the Philadelphia Phillies three to two and they're up three games to two in the World Series. Headed back to Houston, one win away from a championship. Ryan Presley ends up going six for six in saves, including the one that set off the celebration in Houston. What a cool moment for him to be on the mound for the final out. Astros four, Phillies one, ninth inning, game six of the World Series, a win, and the Astros are champions. Ryan Presley on the try and get the final three outs. He is nine for nine and save chances in his postseason career five for five this postseason and has not allowed a run in 10 innings three walks 13 strikeouts since the playoffs began get a lot of spin from Ryan Presley curveball slider his best pitches of course his fastball spins too now he has a changeup. 42,958 seats sold for this game no one's using their seat right now Mancini playing behind the runner at first. He goes, and the pitch is lifted to right by Cassianos. Long run for Tucker over toward the line and foul territory. Makes the catch, and the Houston Astros do it again. 2022 World Series champions. Just to be able to, to take a long, deep breath, uh, keep your cool, and he mentioned it was like, like a duck. You know, he, he was paddling underneath feverishly, uh, but him to keep his cool, make that pitch against somebody he was – Kind of familiar with Nick Castellanos with, with the Tigers when he was with the Minnesota Twins. They played each other a lot, so very familiar. Uh, but he made a great pitch, you know, and, and Kyle Tucker was able to run it down. And the Astros win the World Series for the second time. Ryan Presley is our guest. He'll be with us in just a little while. Back with more after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We welcome you back. This is our Astro Line Rewind presented by Pluckers Wing Bar. As a reliever, if you can be part of a no-hitter at some point in your career, that's phenomenal. Ryan Presley was part of two no-hitters in 2022, one in the regular season, one in the World Series. Uh, in the the one in the regular season, it kick-started. It was basically a turning point in his season. He really struggled with that blown save at Yankee Stadium two nights prior, and then that save – and that finishing off of the no-hitter that started with Christian Javier at Yankee Stadium would be the beginning of him retiring 32 straight batters. And the Yankees are down to their final out 
Astros pitchers have thrown eight and two thirds no hit innings and Giancarlo Stanton is the Yankees final hope. He is 0 for 3 with three strikeouts. Yeah, his arm speed, his hand speed, all of it in sync perfectly. Ryan Presley's in a good spot to close this out. Infielders on high alert. Everybody's back. Practically conventional fielding in their spots. 2-1 to Stanton. Breaking ball, bounce left side. Waiting on it, Bregman. He's got it. Throws across in time. A no-hitter in the Bronx for the Houston Astros. They shut out the Yankees 3-0. Christian Javier goes 7. Hector Neris goes 1. Presley finishes it off with a 1-2-3 ninth inning. I think we can all agree that those games at Yankee Stadium become really emotional. You know, it's very taxing just to get the lead uh, through eight innings. You feel pretty good about it. And, you know, that was him. He felt terrible that he blew that previous save that first night in New York earlier this that uh, th during the season. And when he was able to come back with a vengeance after that, he was a new man there for a, a couple of months. And he was able to knock it down for the Astros. Uh, down the pennant stretch, and uh, none better, man. There's a, there's a lot of good closers in baseball right now, but he's he's in that upper tier now. Ryan Presley certainly in the upper tier of closers in the major leagues. When we come back on Astro Line, we'll be joined by the Astros closer Ryan Presley. Joins us next on Astro Line, presented by Pluckers Wing Bar. Your Houston Astros are World Series champions. And now they look to end the 2023 season the same way. Become an Astros season ticket holder now to catch all the action as the Astros go for the repeat. Get access to every game, including opening day and postseason. And it's madness in our house again! Plus, enjoy exclusive benefits only offered to season ticket holders. Witness the golden era of Astros baseball. Visit Astros.com slash season tickets today. Your Astros are World Series champions, and the Astros team store has all the best gear you could ask for to celebrate that championship. Get the official World Series champion on-field collection, plus jerseys, hats, t-shirts, memorabilia, and guess what? A whole lot more. Visit Astros.com slash Team Store for store hours and info. The 23rd Annual Shriners Children's College Classic returns to Minute Maid Park March 3rd through 5th. See some of the top collegiate programs in the country take the field for a three-day tournament. Learn more at Astros.com slash College Classic. Welcome back to Astro Line, presented by Pluckers Wing Bar. We are joined by one of the heroes of not only the regular season, but especially the postseason of the 2022 World Champion Houston Astros. That is the closer, Ryan Presley. Ryan, thanks for joining us. Uh, tell us about your winner. I, I imagine it got started a little later than normal, and that's probably a good thing. Yeah, it's always a good thing, especially when you win it. Um, but, yeah, kind of taking it easy this uh, this offseason. We stayed down in Houston this year, so it's been nice, um, you know, just kind of hanging out, working out, and getting ready for the WBC. And, and that's pretty much all I've been doing. Yeah, I want to get into your WBC appearance in a little while playing for Team USA, but we're basically two months removed from – a huge moment for the Astros, a huge moment in your career. Let's let's go back to that game six. Minute Maid Park's going crazy. Got Nick Castellanos at the plate. Take us back to that final out. First of all, off the bat, do you think it was staying in play? And then just take us through the whole celebration from there. Yeah, when uh, when I gave up the single, I was like, oh, no, this isn't good. Just because Castellanos is, uh, is a dangerous hitter. Um, you know, I've played against him when I was with the Twins and, and him being with Detroit. So we, we're pretty familiar with each other. And, 
and I'll obviously through the entire postseason. Um, but you know, when he when he swung and I saw that ball go off his bat, I, I thought it had a chance to stay in. And then I see Tucker who had plenty of room and thank God he doesn't, you know, let it almost hit the ground before he catches it. He he caught it and I see him and uh and Boomer down there hugging each other and I'm like, Oh my God, we just did it. <laughs> so I just threw the arms up and just, you know, thank the good Lord. And it, it was a, uh, it was a dream come true. Ryan, I guess when you start doing it more often, uh, some of those nerves start to go down a little bit, but when did you figure out that you had it in you uh, to be pretty calm in moments like this? And I, I would imagine you weren't as calm as you look, but it, what's the trick to that? Yeah. You know, kind of like a duck on water, right. Come on the surface, but, legs are kicking under the water. Um, you know, it's, uh, you just try to be as calm as you can, you know, and you, you just put trust in Maldi and, and whoever's behind the dish and, and your teammates behind you, they, they're there for a reason. They're there to pick you up. So, um, you don't need to be pushed, putting more pressure on yourself than you already are. So just, you know, you want to go out there and just be yourself and, and execute pitches as best as you can and, and let your defense work behind you. And, and that's really my mindset going into is just, you know, these guys are here for you and, you know, I'm there for them. So just relax and, and trust in them and everything's going to fall into place. Does anything stick out as far as when you guys started to celebrate out on the field, some of the hugs or something that somebody said that or, or something that maybe even triggered in your mind? I, I know your dad passed away in 2012. You remember some of the emotions that you had right then? Yeah, you know, it was kind of like a, a flashback to when um, you're playing in the backyard you know, you're playing with your your buddies and you hit like a walk-off homer to win the World Series or you strike somebody out to win the World Series. It's, it kind of it, it flashes right in front of you that this isn't real, but it is real at the same time. Um, I just remember seeing Maldi running towards me and then, and then I look into the left and just seeing the entire bench running towards me. I was just like, this is the greatest feeling in the world. So that's really all I can remember. Everything else was just kind of a whirlwind. And I remember after the pile, you know, I just wanted to go shake Dusty's hand, man. Like that dude's been through a lot and, and everybody, you know, wanted to win for him. And, you know, I just wanted to shake his hand. That's so after everybody got done hugging and everything, I was like, all right, I gotta go find Dusty. <laughs> Ryan Presley, our guest on Astro Line. Press was in every game but three in the postseason. The Astros played three games against the Mariners. Presley had one game off, four games against the Yankees. Ryan had one game off, six games against the Phillies. Ryan had one game off. Press, how mentally, physically, emotionally spent were you at the end of that last postseason? Yeah, I mean, the the mental part, you know, you can you can ask my wife about this. She was, you know, she was riding along with this ride just with all of us. And man, she just she tried to do her best to keep me calm when I wasn't at the field because you just sit there and you think and you're ready for the next game to get there and, and all that stuff. So the mental part she helped me out a lot with and and it was you know really nice to have her there and then when you get to the field you're around all your brothers and and you just remember that it's just the same game that you've always been playing as a kid um you know regardless of how many cameras are out there or, or how many people are in the stands it's just, everything's the same stuff so you just want to go out there and, and have fun and enjoy and being in the moment so but uh, <laughs> it's a very stressful time um you know you 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 don't want to be the guy that's messes everything up. Right. So you, you try to be as locked in as you possibly can be. So many cool moments to reflect on in 2022, uh, according to baseball reference, the single most important at bat of the world series 
was Brandon Marsh, a guy that you've seen a lot in the AL West before with the Angels. First and third, you come in for a five-out save. It's a one-run game. Philly's going crazy. Game five, a pivotal game of the World Series. That moment, striking out Marsh and then getting Schwarber, Boomer, you mentioned Trey Mancini making the nice play, the great play at first base. Like, Tell us about, first of all, the Marsh AB and, and then getting through that game five because that obviously set the Astros up for the, the game six championship. Yeah, I mean, me and Marsh are – are very familiar with each other, um, you know, him being with the Angels and, and I, you know, I have pretty good reverse splits. So every time we, we always seem to match up um, and, you know, he's, he's a good hitter, you know, he can, he can do some damage. And on top of that, you know, if he hits a double in the gap, that guy could stretch it to three um, with how insanely fast he is. And he's an incredibly athletic person. So, you know, I'm just, trusting Maldi back there and what he could see in the box and, and what he's communicating with me. Um, you know, I just, I didn't want to walk anybody at the time because you got, you got Schwarber on, on deck, who's just absolutely red hot. And then, you know, you have two, three, four behind that. And that's, that's a very uncomfortable lineup to face when you have the bases loaded and, and Philly's going insane. So um, my main goal was just try to, to get him to either ground out or strike out, obviously, Best case scenario is we got him to strike out. And then, you know, that ball that was hit down the line, Trey tackled it. And and when he did, if he doesn't do that, we're looking at a completely different game and possibly a different series. Um, you know, we probably have to win two at home to, to win the World Series. Um, so having those guys there and being able to execute your pitches with all the guys, I mean, it's it's a really intense moment. So everybody was on their toes. And uh, it, it was just, uh, you know, you better lock it in and, and try to do your best right here. I want to stay on this game. Uh, there's a couple of things. One of the things that makes things difficult is to go sit down after an emotional out. You get out of that first and third situation in the eighth inning. But to sit down and, and to get back in there and to be locked in the way you do, how difficult is that on, on you who's more uh, accustomed to pitching three outs? <laughs> there was there was no sitting. Um, I actually went, you know, to the dugout. You know, I, I figured I was going back out there for the ninth. Um so I, I kind of was just thinking to myself, you know, instead of pacing back and forth in a dugout and getting every, in everybody's way, um, I went down into the clubhouse and I, and I tried to find JV. And, you know, I just wanted to see what he was doing throughout the game and just, you know, talk to me about his scattering report. And, wow. You know, and we were pacing back and forth from the weight room to uh, to the front door of the, of the clubhouse. And we were just going over the hitters. Um, you know, JT does this. Harper does this. Um, you know, uh, Castiano says this, you know, so we're just going down the scattering report, walking back and forth, trying to stay warm. And, and he's just kind of keeping me in line. And, you know, it's a big help to have that guy who's, who's faced them, you know, two or three times in that game. And, you know, you finally get out there and you're like, all right, well, it was working for him. You know, let's, let's try to keep this rolling and, and pick his mind and try to take it out onto the field and, and execute pitches. Ryan Presley, our guest on Astro line back with more. After this, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
And the last thing about the ninth inning, of course, JT Real Muto bust one to right center. Off the bat, it looked pretty good. I'm sure it looked pretty good for from your standpoint as well. What did you see with, with Chaz streaking across the outfield? Well, when I saw it come off the bat, I was just like, that, that's not where I wanted to throw that pitch. You know, <laughs> that, I remember seeing, you know, I turned to the left, and I just remember seeing the whole right side of the bleachers stand up and throw their arms up, and I was going, oh, no, that's not, <laughs> that's not good. And I see Chaz, you know, hauling butt to the fence. And at first I thought it was gone, and then I remember hearing somebody saying when you hit it to that part of the field, it, it does play a little bit big sometimes, and sometimes it plays short. Just so happened that night it was playing long, and Chaz just climbed the fence like Spider-Man and caught the ball, and I was like, oh, my God, he did it. And then, and then in my mind I was doing the Chaz chomp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Philly boy robbing a Philly uh, of an extra base hit. That was pretty awesome. Ryan Presley, our guest on Astro Line. Ryan was a perfect six for six in saves, pitching in, as we mentioned, 10 of the 13 postseason games. No earned runs allowed. Incredible postseason. If it hadn't been for Jeremy Pena, you easily could have been the ALCS and World Series MVP. You played in three very difficult venues on the road. Seattle hadn't been in the postseason in 20 years. You got the Game 3 uh, appearance there. Yankee Stadium, maybe not at its fullest peak because they were down 2 nothing, but that's always a tough place to play. And then Philly, uh, their fans were going nuts. As you stack up those three venues, which was the loudest on the road in the postseason of 2022? I'd probably have to say Seattle. Seattle was definitely the loudest. Um, you know, we, we were hearing a lot of things about Philly and how loud it was going to be, but I mean, we've played in New York in 2019, the ALCS, and, you know, we've we've been in some really big games and some really, you know, loud crowds. And, you know, I would put Philly up there in the top five, but it definitely wasn't the top – or it wasn't the loudest that offseason or this postseason. It, Seattle was electric. It really was. And it was fun, you know, I, seeing that venue. We always sit there and talk about it in the bullpen. And, like, man, you know, if it was, this place would be really cool if it would sell out and – you know, them being in the postseason because you, you, you grow up and you watch King Griffey Jr. and Randy Johnson and all these guys. And and then when you finally step out there and you see a full stadium, you're like, yes, this is this is postseason baseball right here. It's loud. It's it's electric. These fans are into it. They hadn't been there in 20 years. So, you know, let's let's go ruin their day. <laughs> and you did. It took 18 innings, but you did. And hopefully there'll be a lot more big matchups with those two teams. Uh, speaking of venues that get loud, uh, you've had that Minute Maid Park place blowing the roof off in the postseason. And now, you know, the, the incredible connection between you and the fans, which has always been great, has gone to the next level with your walk-up song and the people on their phones with their flashlight uh, with Johnny Cash, God's going to cut you down. I guess you can never change your walk-up song now. And it, how cool was it as you saw that progression for the fans getting involved with it? Yeah, that? you know, it's kind of funny you, you said I was – I was wearing Shaq out, one of our PR guys. I was like, man, everybody's getting lights, man. Like, this is, you know, I'm not getting anything, you know, just kind of wearing them out. He's like, I'll work on it. I'll work on it. And, you know, didn't really think anything of it. And, you know, the next, I think, week or so, he comes up to me and says, hey, you're going to have lights in the postseason. I go, this is when you're going to bring it out. Like, <laughs> way to go, Shaq. Okay. If I blow this, we're changing it back to no lights. But I think the guy in the in the train, he's the one that started the whole flashlights thing. And, you know, running out to the mound and seeing all the fans do it. And then, you know, I have, uh, you know, I don't have any social media. So people send my wife stuff all the time and uh, sending videos of them doing at home uh, with their cell phones. It's it's a really cool experience for me. You know, I never thought I'd be in that situation that to have this kind of uh, entrance, I guess you would say. But, um, you know, when you walk out on the field and 
and everybody's screaming and those lights come on, you know, it's a different kind of adrenaline and, and it's a good and bad thing. You know, it's a double edged sword because you try to, con- you try to harness it, but at the same time you want to go balls to the wall. So uh, it, it's, like I said, it's a double edged sword, but it's really, really fun to see. You talk about a different kind of adrenaline. How about closing out two combined no hitters this year that Christian Javier started and one of them in the postseason in the world series, uh, nonetheless. So what's that feel like you're out there as part of that team, no more pressure than anybody oh. than you to lock it down. Is there? Well, the great thing about Philly is, is that you can't see the, you can't see the scoreboard in the bullpen. And we honestly, nobody in the bullpen even knew. And no. We kind of had an idea just because of like, you know, you're, you're tracking the game and, and you're like, man, I don't think anybody got a hit yet. And then you start playing the game back in your mind and you're like, oh, no. But, oh, yes, at the same time. <laughs> so, like, you, you, you're just going out there. and But it, in the World Series, you're not really thinking about the no-hitter, man. You're just trying to get that win. You No-hitter is a cherry on top. And, you know, it just so happened, you know, the Har- ha- Javi started it and, you know, I was lucky enough to finish it. And, you know, all those guys, I mean, Javi did all the hard work, to be honest with you, on both games, you know, and we just wanted to go back out there and, and just try to preserve that no hitter for him. But at the same time, you're just trying to get the win, too. Your pitching coaches were talking uh, last week when Todd and I got a chance to talk to Josh Miller and Bill Murphy about have you set the tone out in the bullpen. It's a great group of guys uh, from what it sounds like. Why don't you characterize what uh, that brotherhood's like right now? Yeah, man, we're just a bunch of caged animals, really. You know, everybody comes to the zoo and looks at us in the bullpen. Yeah. Um, When you're getting worn out by fans, um, we all get worn out by fans. So it's just, we, you get pretty tight knit down there just because you're in the thick of things and you know, on top of that, when you have the success that this bullpen has had, it, it grows us even closer. Um, you know, with Stanek having one of the best years as a reliever in Astros history, all the way up to Montero having a breakout year, as well as Abreu, who is was absolutely lights out. I mean, Dusty could have easily pointed pointed on the on the sheet and ran anybody out there, and at, at how hot we were. So um, that group of guys down there, man, that I will never forget them. They're some of the best teammates I've ever had. Um, you know, even some of the guys that didn't even pitch in the postseason, they were keeping us all locked in, um, you know, and I was in Will Smith's ear constantly because he closed out the World Series the year before that. And to have – to talk to him I think was a big help too. Uh, but these guys go out and they, they, they want the ball every single day. Um, they go out there and, and you know, they, they give it their all every single day. So you just try to – build on that and you try to pick each other up every single time you go out and take the ball. So we have, I think we have a great group of guys who can go to, go out and do that. And we clearly did. You mentioned in Philly, not seeing the scoreboard and you were pretty sure something was happening, but you weren't a hundred percent sure in Yankee stadium, regular season, a big kind of turnaround game for you too. But were you guys aware that day that something special was going on? Yeah, we, I mean, you got a front row view, view of, uh, you know, hobby punching tickets. So, um, you can kind of see the scoreboard a little bit to the right. Um, and, you know, with what happened a couple nights before that, you know, I, I had to I had to take a couple steps outside the bullpen into the tunnel. And, you know, I'm like, I can't can't do that again because that, you know, when I blew that save in New York, it really rubbed me the wrong way. Um, you know, all these guys and, and everybody's aware of it. We go to New York. Everybody wears us out. Um, you know, it's not a 
a strange thing to for us to happen. But to blow a game in New York, it it's kind of extra pisses you off a little bit, I guess you would say. Um, and you know, seeing the guys when they came in the clubhouse and after I blew the game and just had a total meltdown. Um, you know, I I wanted to go out there and prove to my teammates that I can't pitch in this spot and you know, I wanted to bounce back and then just build on that and keep going. And but that was the that was the hardest thing was just getting over that hurdle right there. And once you're able to do that and you you can pitch in any situation after that. I would say you built on it and you did keep going because that started your stretch stretch of 32 straight batters retired. We never really talked to you about it during that because it's kind of taboo. But did you feel as locked in as your results at that point of the season? Uh, yes and no. Yes. And the fact that I was throwing, you know, I was throwing the ball where I wanted to and I was doing everything I needed to do to get my body ready and be ready for my teammates. But at the same time, you know, I'm, wasn't really thinking about it either. You know, I was just trying to string zeros together and, and help this club win. Um, you know, that's just my main goal, whatever. I'm not into personal statistics and all that other stuff. You know, if you put a ring on my finger and win a championship, we're, I'll be the happiest person in the world. So I, I don't care if I have a five ERA or one ERA, as long as I get the job done, that's all that matters to me. You did something this year that it, it was pretty astonishing to me because of where you you kind of stack up his big league closers anyway. You know, a pitcher that throws three pitches that are all elite, uh, your curve and slider among the best I've ever seen, yet you come up with a changeup with two months left in the season. And you're not only just throwing the changeup every once in a while, man, you're throwing it in tough counts to great hitters. You got very confident with that pitch right away. Where did that come from? Well, I mean, it was it came from – Josh Miller saying that I couldn't do it in a joking way. And then um, I th Maldonado, I th we were in Chicago. And I think, we, I mean, we were obviously talking about it in the clubhouse before the game. And, and Maldi was like, there's no way you're going to throw this pitch. I don't know. Absolutely not. Do not do that. And it just so happened in the situation, I think Maldi accidentally hit it on his pitch com. And we both just kind of looked at each other. He just kind of shrugged his shoulders. He goes, all right, forget it. Let's just see what it does. And it was a good one. You know, it was a really good one. And he started laughing behind the plate and threw the ball back to me. And we just kind of build on it and you work on it every single day. And you know, I, start, I think I started pulling it out probably late July, early August. Just needed something to go away from lefties instead of coming in, um, especially with righties. You know, everything that they see is breaking away to them, too. So. I just need something to kind of throw their mind in a loop a little bit. And I think I kind of busted it out at the right time. Man, did you ever? I was, it's unbelievable. So, Steve, Steve Busby, a longtime big leaguer. This is the last question for me. Steve Busby, longtime big leaguer, pitching the major leagues for close to 15 years, I think. He was your little league uh, pitching coach, I guess. I would say, is he the one that taught you the breaking balls? Yeah, yeah, he was. He It was his grip um, and then Mike Munoz. What was the key? I mean, what was he telling you to do is, even at, at a younger age to do with that pitch? I mean, he taught me how to throw it and all that stuff, but it was m mainly like the grip and everything. And I think, you know, everything kind of else just plays off that, right? Like he just showed me throw it. And then with my arm action and, you know, and I don't know how it spins so fast, but it does. And I think that's just – one of those things where just he just showed me his pitch grip and and it, I just ran with it, felt comfortable with me. And then uh, Mike Munoz, who who's a lefty in the big leagues for probably about seven or eight years, 
taught me um, later on down the road, and he's the one that taught me his slider. And he said, "Throw it like your fastball, and and let it like feel it off that middle finger." And and I went in spring training that year, and I made the team out of camp. And I was like, uh, "Man, <laughs> thank you." The slider is definitely a weapon now, and you know, I've, you 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 try to get better at your craft, right? Every single day. And, and you just keep working at it. And it's eventually involved to an elite pitch for me. Two more for me, Ryan, then we'll let you go take care of the little ones. We appreciate your time tonight. Uh, first one, piggybacking off Sparky, that, that change up. Did you ever get confident enough in that change up that you ever shake to it in the postseason, or you only threw it when Maldi flashed it? No, I shake to it. Um, you know, Vasquez was a little bit more uh, happy with it. And, but, you know, that goes back to, to Vasquez and, and I going back to 2007. You know, we were, you know, you know, battery mates, you know, my very first catcher in pro ball. So, you know, if he thinks that in my, in my gut that I, I want to throw this pitch, he'll call it. And um, Maldi was a little bit more hesitant to do it just because he's got a, a really good game plan. But, um, you know, I shook to it sometimes and then Maldi would call it and same with Vasquez. And finally, uh, WBC World Baseball Classic. You're going to be wearing Team USA colors. Tell us how excited you are about playing in the uh, pitching in the WBC. Man, you know it's it's definitely a dream come true. Whenever you can, you know, put your your country across your chest. Um, you know, I think it's pretty special to have USA right there. And you know, it's always been a a dream of mine to to be in the WBC. You know, you sit there and you you watched it in 2017 and how cool it was and you know, Adam Jones robbing uh, Machado, which was one of the coolest things I've seen on TV and, and how electric that stadium was and how electric all the, all the teams get. Um, it's just something that I want to be a part of. And, and what better way to do it with some of the best athletes from the U.S.? Um, some guys that you you play against throughout the year and, and you see how they prepare behind the scenes now. So it's really cool to see and and. On top of that, you get to meet a lot of a lot of really, really good athletes. Ryan, thanks again for the time. We can't wait to see you in spring training and see you uh, pitching the WBC. We appreciate it. And congrats again on, on an incredible year. Yeah, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Spring training is back in the Palm Beaches this spring. Experience Astros baseball, plus the best beaches, dining, and entertainment after the game. There's nothing better than Astros spring ball in sunny Florida. For tickets and more, visit astros.com slash spring to book your trip. Plan your visit now to the spring training home of the Houston Astros, the Palm Beaches. Your Houston Astros are World Series champions. The Houston Astros do it again. 2022 World Series champion. And now they look to end the 2023 season the same way. Become an Astros season ticket holder now to catch all the action as the Astros go for the repeat. Get access to every game, including opening day and postseason. And it's madness in our house again. Plus, enjoy exclusive benefits only offered to season ticket holders. Witness the golden era of Astros baseball. Visit Astros.com slash season tickets today. Come see the home of the world champions. Tours of the Minute Maid Park are available right now. Get a behind-the-scenes look at the ins and outs of the stadium, from the dugout and the press box to the warning track and manual scoreboard. We guarantee you've never seen Minute Maid Park like this. Book your tour today at astros.com slash tours. Welcome back to Astro Line presented by Pluckers Wing Bar, Todd Callis, Steve Sparks. So happy to have had Ryan Presley as our guest tonight. 
Uh, Sparky, what are your thoughts about what Ryan had to say? I guess when you talk about a full family and how supportive it can be, it was interesting what he had to say about his wife, Kat, and how important she was, especially in the postseason. It's amazing what you relay to your wife that behind closed doors. You know, you're going through stuff, and she becomes more or less your therapist. You know, you go into the postseason, you don't want to let your team down. That's the closer's role is not to let your team down after all. And and it takes his wife, Kat, to, to kind of – get him through some of those tougher moments. And we've all been there, you know, no matter what walk of life we're in, uh, our better halves are, are usually the unsung heroes through a lot of those tough moments. So not surprising that Ryan's wife helped him a lot through the playoffs and, you know, maybe some of the aches and pains he goes through through the regular season, you can vent every once in a while. And uh, that's what makes it it's such a great pairing. Sometimes that marriage can go a long way. Yeah, I mean, what a what a postseason he had, and and Cat deserves an assist as well uh, to help him out there. It was interesting. Uh, so many different things that we touched on that I thought were cool, but especially uh, the big moment in Game Five. Uh, Ryan talking about the strikeout of Brandon Marsh, and he was looking for a strikeout or ground out, and then the Schwarber ball that he said. Uh, you know, Trey Mancini tackled. And then he's not a guy normally that's an up-down guy because he's normally a one-inning guy. But in that case, he had to get a five-out save. And that was an interesting in-between inning session that he had. You know, during the course of the regular season, you shy away from those moments as a manager or a pitching coach to run a guy out there after a big emotional inning like he had in the eighth inning. Because it's really hard to come down off of that and go back out there and lock it back in. It's really difficult. So if there's ever an occasion to take a guy out after he gets a big out and has a big celebration or anything like that on his way off of the field, I think you got to get him out of there typically. But the Astros didn't have that luxury. And, of course, they brought Ryan in there because they needed five outs. They needed those big two outs in the eighth inning, and they had nobody better than their ace uh, out of the bullpen to come in and lock down those two outs. And it was emotional, I'm sure. But what – uh, a, a great resource he had awaiting for him in the in the clubhouse in Justin Verlander, the Hall of Famer, to be able to just talk through the next three hitters he was going to face that next inning and kind of take his mind off of it, I think. What do you think? Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Well, he, he said he wasn't going to sit down, so he was just filled with adrenaline. As you said, it's coursing through his veins. You You know better than me being out there on the mound. But it was coursing through his veins and and to be able to talk it out with Justin Verlander and kind of re-engage that focus that he might have when he's talking to the guys out in the bullpen, uh, Bill Murphy and others, about how he's going to attack hitters. Instead of talking to Murphy, he's talking to the unanimous Cy Young Award winner and, as you said, future Hall of Famer. That's pretty cool stuff. That's it, and that gives you that extra uh, confidence to go out there. And that's the whole thing about playing sports anyway is if you can go out there with doubt, without doubt and fear – that's half the battle right there. If you can go out there and feel confident about what you're going to go out there and try to execute, then that's half the battle. So uh, he was on his way there. Uh, that was really cool. And the last thing uh, for me that Ryan Presley said, and this is a nightmare for me because we never knew this, you know, and, and Kristen Vasquez was on the Astros for the last three months of the year, including the postseason. And we never knew what he said it. And we both looked at each other and just go, what did he say? You heard it. His first catcher in professional baseball, Christian Vasquez. In the Boston Red Sox organization. That story was dormant the entire season. It came out tonight. <laughs> we never knew. We never knew. Vasquez isn't on the team anymore. 
But uh, all alone, Kristen Vasquez, Ryan Presley, 2007 in the minor leagues with the Boston Red Sox. That was the first catcher he pitched to as a professional. Uh, so there was that extra layer of confidence that he had in somebody he's known for 15 or 16 years. So he was referencing how Vasquez was more comfortable calling the change up a pitch that Ryan had earlier in his career, kind of shelved it. He brought it back late in 2022. The funny part also is that how Maldi called the first pitch by accident when he called a change up in a regular That's game. That's right. Yeah. So just by accident, it broke out. And you talk about flukes and accidents and however you want to say it. But man, Ryan Presley has a pitch that 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 may take him to another level if that's possible, because it's that good. I mean, he talks about it going a different direction than his curve and slider. And if, yes, that's true. But just another pitch for uh, hitters, righties and lefties to think about uh, against already an elite uh, repertoire uh, that he has that. Uh, I think uh, is really going to help him get a lot more easy out. Sparky, as we wrap up this edition of Astro Line presented by Pluckers Wing Bar, next week's a big week. We've got Caravan Week. We've got Fan Fest coming up on the 21st. This is where things really ramp up and get you fired up for transitioning into the new season. I'm excited. You know, this team, everybody that I run across, you know, out by where I live, and we talk Astros all the time, and everybody asks me the same thing is, do you think that the Astros can contend again? And, Absolutely, I do. A hundred percent believe that they're going to be right in the middle of the action. We talk about sometimes how things have to go your way, but for whatever reason, the Astros help things go their way because they do a lot of things the right way. I think they're a little more intelligent than a lot of people. Uh, they do things really well. We talk about their strength training, their their training staff, and, and all. Uh, they do a great job. So uh, this WBC thing's a little tricky, right? You know, ramping up uh, with Presley and Tucker and, you know, some of the Dominican guys and, and Garcia for Venezuela and Urquidy with Mexico ramping up a little earlier than usual. But uh, they'll come up with a good game plan. They certainly will. Sparky, as always, it's been a lot of fun. We will see you, if not sooner than later, over at FanFest. Uh, That's right. And then spring training right around the corner. There we go. I'm excited about it. Let's let's do this again. All right. That is another edition of Astro Line. Thanks to Steve Sparks. Thanks to our producer engineer, Matt Boltz. Thanks to Ryan Presley, our guest tonight. Next week, Astro Line will be hosted by Mike Coffin. He will have guests J.J. Matajevic and Corey Lee. Until then, enjoy the rest of your week. We will see you next week for Caravan. Have a good night, everybody. I love players. You've been listening to Sports Talk 790 Astroline, the official off-season show of Astros baseball. It's time to get soaked! Time to get wet! Brought to you by Pluckers Wing Bar. If you don't like their wings, they'll give you the bird. Astros are world champions, and here we go! Post your questions and comments on social media. Just be sure to hashtag Astroline on Sports Talk 790, home of the straws. Back to you! <laughs> Pumping.